Okay, so welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your lunch. This afternoon I wanted to continue with our exploration of the four foundations of mindfulness, um, particularly the first foundation, which is mindfulness of the body. And as I mentioned last night, this is a gradual path. And it starts by focusing on quite simple aspects of our experience and then progressively begins to add in more and more subtle aspects of our experience and to notice them with increasing refinement. So when we work with this first foundation of mindfulness of the body, it provides a very powerful opportunity to sharpen our mindfulness and to bring awareness to more and more subtle aspects of our experience. And there's really no limit to what we can discover about being a human being when we really pay attention to our embodiment. That's perhaps why one of uh, Joseph Goldstein's first teachers, Monindraji, used to say, sit and know that you're sitting and the whole of the Dharma will be revealed. So the Dharma in terms of the truth and in terms of the teachings, simply by sitting and knowing that you're sitting, that's the key point. And when we start to pay attention to the body, what quickly becomes obvious is how much of the time we're not actually with our physical experience, but with our thoughts about what's happening, our assessment, our judgment, our stories, our identification with our our experience, rather than just being with the immediacy or the intimacy, as I said earlier, the intimacy of the experience directly and nakedly as it is. And yet so much of the time we start there and after a few seconds, the mind goes anywhere but the body. Often where it goes is either to worries and regrets about the past or anxieties and anticipation about the future. So remembering that one aspect of sati is present moment awareness. The strength of paying attention to the body is that when we're with our physical sensations, we're automatically back in the present moment. We're not in the mind lost in the past or fantasizing about the future. So this is a very powerful aspect of the body that can really help us connect with our present moment experience. And for most of us, this is quite a training. We need training in what I think of as body literacy because as a culture, our mainstream culture, we tend to be pretty much in our heads a lot of the time. Uh, Recently, I heard a quote from somebody quoting a philosopher. They didn't give me the philosopher's name, but the person quoting him said that the philosopher said, I have no problem with my mind. I have no problem with my body. It's the neck that's the issue. (laughs) So just that sense of disconnection between the mind and the body, which I think is quite common. And I know I've shared with most of you my own experience of that, of coming into my first six-week class on meditation. And each week, the instructor would say, sit there and just pay attention to the sensations in your body. And I'd sit there going, what is he talking about? I don't have any sensations in my body. I honestly couldn't connect to a single 
part of my physical experience. And it was about four weeks before I finally went, oh, was that a tingle in my big toe? You know, and that, oh, that's what he's talking about. And I still remember this sense of a whole world opening up that I had been totally oblivious to. It's a little bit embarrassing, but anyway, I'm trying to make up for lost time now. So, this um, mindfulness of the body, another of my teachers, Greg Kramer, says, if there's no body, there's no mindfulness. So it really is the foundation of that connection with our experience. And we're also cultivating that quality I mentioned earlier of bare awareness or non-reactivity. So what we're trying to do is uh, just to notice our physical sensations without our usual habit of adding stories and assessment and judgments about it. So for example, if I was sitting here right now, I might just be noticing sensation of the hands touching the knees, a little bit of scratchiness in the throat, weight of the sitting bones in contact with the cushion, a little bit of itchiness on the right side of the face, and so on, just staying connected to my present moment experience. If I'm not aware of it, if I'm not just being present with my experience, it might sound more like this. Oh, I've got such a stiff back, you know, between my shoulder blades, it really hurts. And you know, I went, just did too much downward dog the other day, but that yoga instructor, he was pretty amazing. And I heard he's doing this retreat in Bali. Imagine that, being in Bali with a yoga. And then off we go into this whole series of proliferations just because we weren't mindful of an ache between the shoulder blades. So I think we all can recognize your own variations of that kind of uh, habit. So this quality of bare awareness is a training in reining back what we call proliferation and just coming back to being with our experience exactly as it is. That kind of intimacy with the experience. And as I said, for most of us, this takes some training to get the hang of, to keep disconnecting from that habit of thinking about our experience and just coming back to the immediacy of it. And I'd like to offer us a way of training in this this afternoon. Those of you who've done retreats with me before know that I sometimes like to do a more engaged form of meditation practice in this session using mindful speaking and listening There are several advantages to that. One is at this time of day, and particularly at this time in retreat, there can be a lot of sleepiness. And so actually working with a partner can really help you to stay present. You can borrow their mindfulness, even if your own is a little bit weak. This kind of uh, speaking and listening that we'll be doing will be as a meditation practice. So we won't be talking about anything personal We won't be doing any kind of eye-gazing exercises or any kind of um, revealing emotions or anything like that. It will be an opportunity to work together with guidance in mindful speaking and listening, just naming your physical experiences. That's all. So I will guide you through it. It's also possible to do this on your own if you really want to work alone, but most people find they get more benefit from working with someone else. 
It's also uh, a way of cultivate, cultivating flexibility of concentration and insight. Because sometimes on retreat, people sink into calm and concentration and they get a little bit protective of it and they want to hold on to it. They don't want anything to disturb it. And then at the end of the retreat, it all falls apart. And so we can have this somewhat binary approach to the practice in the short term and the long term. So, for example, in long term retreat, I've often heard people say, oh, tomorrow I'm going to go home. Then all my practice is going to fall apart and I can't wait to the next time I go on retreat. So there's this kind of disconnection between what happens on retreat and the rest of their lives. But with just this little bit of coming in and out of silence, we can really cultivate this flexibility of mind, seeing when we're maybe holding on to calm and concentration, seeing what happens when we release it a little and come back. So there's this flexibility of going in and out of samadhi that can be actually supportive in your daily life practice too. So I would like to offer that um, guided pairs meditation now. So if you would like to find a partner, take some time to do that now. If you want to work alone, then just sit in silence with your eyes downcast and people will know that you're going to work solo. Otherwise, just find somebody near you and then set yourselves up sitting together uh, on the same level, preferably both on chairs or both on the floor spreading out around the room so you're not talking over the top of each other. <clears throat> 